This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast is recorded on Noongar land. We'd like to acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional owners of the land and extend that respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander and their elders who are listening today. We respect their spiritual relationship with their country. Hello and welcome to To Be Frank. I'm so glad to have you here. My name is Constance Hall. I'm a blogger. I have over a million followers all over the world and a hell of a lot of haters. But along with that following came access to loads of really interesting stories from amazing professionals to your everyday woman who is secretly hiding the most incredible story you've ever heard. So I'm joined with my co-host, Claudia McLeod. Welcome, Claudia. Thanks, Khan. And we are really excited to have you here. I do need to give you a tiny content and language warning, I should say, if you have little ones in the car. But aside from that, get ready for the podcast you've been waiting for. Have you ever wondered exactly what it is that that married man found so appealing about paying for it? Or watch the murder doco and thought, how can that monster's mother still love him? Welcome to To Be Frank, the show that invites you to step inside the world of Constance Hall as she explores the most interesting topics and people from all over the world with no BS, no filter. Now your host, Constance Hall and co-host Claudia McLeod. Hello and welcome to episode one mm, of To Be that's... Frank. So exciting. I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, Claudia McLeod. Hello. We are feeling extra cocky today because we've nailed the technology. <laughs> <laughs> it only took us about three weeks. Yes. This episode will be saved in my file as episode one, take 47. <laughs> <laughs> we but got really, there. We got there. We did. We got there. And I think it's made us better. The practice has made us better. Uh-huh. To be frank is a podcast, What to Expect. To be frank will be a podcast about Almost anything in a really frank manner. The reason we wanted to start, to be frank, was because I felt like, for those of you who don't know who I am, I'm a blogger. I'm a blogger. I have over a million followers. I am a writer. In 2016, the blog went mental. Lots of followers. And all of a sudden, I was expected to become quite beige and quite vanilla and I had to be really considerate with everything that I said of all these different people's opinions and not that I don't want to be considerate, it's just that I really wanted to relax while sharing content and be able to just be me because I was never a particularly good person. I don't know why everybody has these expectations that I'm going to be good online. <laughs> I felt like a wild animal in a cage. <laughs> You're free here. I'm free here and I want you as our favourite listener, whoever you are, to know that you're free here too. The reason I brought Claudia in as a co-host was because I had a lot of people like suggesting that I could like do it with somebody who had maybe a bit of a following or who was really sort of trying to be in the public eye and 
the unique thing about me being in the public eye is that I I had an agent once say to me because you sort of became well known so late in life your personality had already formed whereas a lot of the people that I work with became well known quite young and so their world is this and this is just who they are so I found that I don't really click with other people Mm. with with you know what I mean like I don't have anything in common with people with profiles public profiles and stuff like that whereas people that I've known forever like Claudia who I actually (laughs) met when I was 12 (laughs) I can have these incredible conversations with about real stuff and without having to worry that somebody's going to be concerned about whether something's on brand for Mm -hmm. them I just find it crazy that people consider their personality a brand when I know I know it is but I get it I get why it has to happen but I would be embarrassed to be on my Instagram stories saying I can't do this because it's not my brand it's just weird <laughs> like you know I have a brand it's a clothing brand it's very separate to me Claudia's on brand for me and oh, that's why I wanted you here that's so sweet are you excited I'm so excited And are you nervous about anything? Because when I asked Claudia if she would do it, I did not expect her to say yes. I went through my brain. No, I thought you would say no, but I went through everybody that I know and thought, who do I have the most awesome conversations with? But really what I wanted from the podcast was someone that like, loves to really dissect things and get really involved with them, you know? And that was like my first choice was Claudia. But I thought <laughs> someone you know, who's just like a sicko like you. Yeah. yeah. My mum hears me and Claudia on the phone and she's like, Are you still talking? <laughs> yeah, I was very surprised that she said yes, because she's not a public person. She doesn't do the public Instagram or the public Facebooking and she doesn't really overshare. But when you are a friend of hers, you get to find out everything. So are you nervous or hesitant? No, like, so I, well, I said yes without thinking. I thought it was a joke at first. Remember, I thought it was April Fool's Day. And then when I realized you were serious, I was like, oh, yeah, like I didn't even hesitate. And then afterwards, I thought for a minute, hang on, I'm not particularly articulate. And is this a good idea? But then I thought, fuck it, you know, you only live once and let's just do it. I nothing nothing good articulate. happens in the safe zone. You've got to step out and try new things. Absolutely. And Claudia and I, not only did we grow up in the same area and with the same friends, but we're also both hairdressers. Mm-hmm. And I think being hairdressers qualifies us more than psychologists. Oh, or- <laughs> 100%. <laughs> oh, the stories we've got. I know, right? It's yeah. like the magic cloak. You chuck the cloak on and they tell you everything. Yeah, and you're like, did I ask that? <laughs> <laughs> tell me more. We have so many guests. I mean, I really didn't want this podcast to feel narcissistic. I find that a lot of the podcasts I listen to can sound a bit narcissistic, like people just talking about themselves over and over again. And and that's never really what I've been about. Like I'm more than happy to share every detail of my life, which I will. But I really think that sharing the other people's stories and finding out, like you might not know this, but Jane, the woman in a beamer with the bob that picks up her kids from school that you think is super posh, is probably a sex worker. You just don't know what is going on in people's lives. And I am so lucky that I probably as a response to being so open and vulnerable online, I get to hear the most incredibly crazy DMs. And I also get to meet like some really fascinating people when I go and do talks or when I have been interviewed. I feel like I've sort of been led into this little world of being able to select some of the most incredible people that I want to share with you guys. So the podcast is going to be, it's kind of like and everything and everyone podcast, but in a really frank manner. Cool. Cool. Very cool. 
<laughs> so we kind of thought that if we're going to be asking all of these people to be super frank with us and we're going to ask them some pretty frank questions that you would probably only ask someone that you knew really, really well, if we're <laughs> going to be asking them to be sort of, I guess, vulnerable with us, then we should be doing it too. So we've prepared a little list of frank questions for each other. Right. Do you want to go first or do you want me? I, maybe I should go first. Because, yeah, you go. Go. Yeah, I really want everybody to like get to know you. Right. Me with it. I'm a bit nervous now actually. <laughs> What's the one personality trait of yours that you wish you could change? To be less black and white. Can you elaborate on that? I just do see a lot of things in just black and white. Not everything. You do actually. Actually, this might be a good time to talk <laughs> <laughs> To talk about, remember when we had a fallout? Yes. Well, I was going to bring this up when yeah. I wanted to talk about, you know, I want to do a whole episode about friends ghosting you. But or, while yeah, I've, friendship breakups. Yeah, friendship breakups. Yeah. But while I've got you here mm-hmm. and I'm introducing you to our audience, do you remember our fallout and how long it lasted? I do remember it. I don't. Just a little note for the listeners. We've never talked about this before. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, let's do it. But I don't know how we sort of started chatting again afterwards. No. Like I how did either. we? Uh, it was probably like gossip. Probably. <laughs> we probably, probably had something to say that was too important to. But I remember why we fell out. So do I, I yeah. Yeah, I was with a guy and I was really miserable with uh, my ex and was it that he cheated on me? And we went out one night after he had cheated on me and I was super depressed. And I remember Claudia saying, I think she just kind of had enough. And she was like, <laughs> well, when are you going to, when are you going to do something about this? Like, do you, do you think this is good for your kids? You're just like, you know, repeating yourself over and over again and not, and I was so highly offended. Do you see what I mean? I, like just too, too <laughs> blunt, like just too blunt. Yes, and that's that's what brought me to this because you're so black and white. And I remember saying to my therapist, my friend says that I need to make a decision now. And she was <laughs> like, oh, you're probably in a bit of trauma now. Maybe make it in a few months. And I was like, yeah, that's what I'll text her. My therapist said that I don't have to make a decision now. <laughs> but that is a quality of yours. It's a quality I like. You kind of see it as it is and you call it as it is. And not everyone likes it. Not and, everyone and likes it. And it's I guess... <laughs> I guess why I didn't like it was because I knew that it was true. Yeah. And when you bring the kids into it, yeah, I think that's why I got so offended. But maybe it was a year or maybe it was six months that we didn't talk. Yeah. It was, I think it was probably closer to a year. Yeah, right. Which seems small in the scheme of things because we've been friends for so many years. But I do remember one time I came to your house. I don't know if I was dropping something off or Hang on, I thought up. that the reason we had the falling out, like I do remember that, was because my ex, who you're friends with, when we broke up, I expected you to not see him and I was like, you can't go out with him either. It's too too much right now. Did I go out with him? No, just out like, you know, to the pub and stuff. Oh, did I? I don't even remember that. <laughs> I'm glad we've, you know, I mean, patched things up. Because I never liked him, so I'm sure I didn't. No, Hugh. But 
Oh, Hugh. Oh, yeah, I still love Hugh. Yeah, right. so I was like, everyone else, I was like, everyone else has to not see him because I'm not. That was my right. theory at the time. So Claudia <laughs> shut in her nest and ate where she shut. Is that what the, what the term is? Yeah, yeah. And she went out with, it was actually a high school sweetheart. It was someone you went out with years ago, but you went out with a guy called Hugh who's still one of my best friends. And funny because I thought my two best friends getting together was going to mean, I thought it was party time. Because I thought it was going to mean I was going to see you both all the time and it was just going to be great. But as it turned out, like Hugh's quite different in a relationship. And yeah, we all went on a um, holiday and a trip away. And I was like, oh my God, everything Claudia says about you is true, Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> like you're so boring. You just want to read the paper and not do stuff until, you know, because when he comes out, I used to only see him when he was out and it was all fun. A typical extrovert, you know, like when they're at home, they're not always on. And yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah, they were good times. Yeah, good times. I used to quite like when Claudia would send me a photo of all of Hugh's belongings in garbage bags out the back. <laughs> it did happen many times. <laughs> Every Sunday morning. Pretty much. <laughs> right. So you, Moving you on. Up, <laughs> how funny that we both thought our, like, our yeah. breakup was over something different. Oh, anyway, I'm so sorry that I said that to you. That is really too much to hear in a time like that and – that's the one thing I would change about myself is my bluntness and black and whiteness when it's not appropriate. Right. Well, I don't know if I would change it about you because talking about it now in retrospect, sure, you do sound like the cunt, but in at the time it does get overwhelming and it does get draining when someone is doing the same thing over and over again. And I know as sisters we've got to support each other and be there for each other no matter how many times it takes. But I think at the time a lot of other people were going, well, I'm glad she said it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that is your, probably your biggest trait. I'm glad she said it. While we're talking about your worst traits, I wouldn't say that your black and whiteness is – I wouldn't say that you are black and white, to be honest. I've Something I've always really liked about you was that I felt like you – Claudia went to a private school in the same area as me in my public school and I did that friendship group crossed over a little bit but I always considered it a little bit of an us and them world because the private school kids, their parents owned houses and they could afford the school fairs. I guess I almost in some ways felt superior to them, like I had more life experience, like I knew what the real world was and these people didn't. Whereas something about Claudia that always stuck out to me was that she was able to empathise with people from any walk of life and when you're sitting in a group of girls like this and they're sort of talking about you know talking about people and, and you know bitching maybe you might call it or or gossiping there was always this tone from Claudia when somebody would say oh, you know, have you heard about blah, blah, they are now a heroin addict or they're on meth and everybody would kind of laugh and go gross. You know, that was the kind of circle that that, that these we sort of knew. And Claudia would always be this person to say, no, that's actually extremely sad. Can you imagine being, I feel so bad for her. What can we do? Maybe I should reach out. And it was a, an ongoing thread in my conversations with Claude was that even though she came from this world and I sort of had classified her as one of the private school girls, she had this ability to really empathize. And so she actually wasn't labeled as one of those girls at all to me. It was this beautiful contrast. Oh. <laughs> this is just like a really nice ego boosting session for me. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I know, right? Tune in next week. <laughs> well, I was, well I, I might even give Claude a head job next week. <laughs> okay. I better wax. <laughs> oh, don't talk to me. I was lying in the bath today thinking, 
what is going on? Yeah. I've got winter minge, hardcore winter minge. It is just too cold. Like, look, I'm wearing so many thick layers. Like, it's just you need that extra coat. <laughs> Your pubes keeping you warm. Yeah, and my, my leg hair is actually more so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a winter coat, man. How many times have you been married? How many kids have you got? And how many different dads do they have? <laughs> <laughs> what does your census night look like? <laughs> Mine's, well, I've been married once and that's only recently. When I say recently, like in the last couple of years. Not to the father of my children. So I've got two children that I had in a previous relationship. We have been separated for like a very long time. Like my kids are 11 and 13 and they were one and three when we split up. So yeah, we've been separated for a very long time. And my- Stepkids? Stepkids. I've stepkids. I've got four. So my husband has got four kids. So we're now six kids, but they're all different ages. So my kids are younger and then his are 16, almost 19, 20 and 22. And they go between their mums. Only the youngest two really come here. We have like a family dinner every two weeks. Yeah, it's just, it's good. It works. I think it works because they are all different ages. They're all so into themselves. They don't really care about anyone else. So they don't really, no one's fighting with each other or competitive. They're just doing their own mm. gig. Isn't it funny when we start getting to an age where we have kids and then we have kids to a previous marriage, kids to a current marriage, and then we have stepkids and we also have ex-stepkids from previous marriages, which I know nobody calls ex-stepkids ex-stepkids, but it gets complicated. It does get complicated. Doesn't it? So, yeah, but we did. We chose not to have one together. You chose not to? Mm. Why? Well, actually, we didn't really choose not to. Neither of us wanted to at all, so it just... Yeah, you've never wanted another kid. See, no. I think that... The only kid I ever planned for was Arlo. So I had Billy by accident when I was 25. And then yeah, that's I, true. Yeah. And then for those of you who don't know me, I have six children. Well, I actually have seven children, but I don't consider my oldest stepson my child because he has estranged himself and doesn't want to be talked about publicly, so I never do. So it's always very difficult when I'm asked how many kids I have. Mm. I actually avoid it and I often say mm -hmm. I have a million kids, you know, if I'm talking online or in public because I don't want people to start questioning, well, hang on, you've only got six kids. Well, Then you the have oldest? to talk about it. Then yeah. I have to talk about it and I'm not allowed to talk about it. So it's just crazy. Anyway, so that happened, but I have six kids and I didn't plan for Billy, just got pregnant. Then I started thinking I don't want to have one kid alone in the world. You know, like with all the things I'm no doubt going to put them through as long as they've got a buddy. So I actually planned for Arlo and I did the weeing on the stick, even though I've been pregnant 5,000 times, you know, I would hate, I'd shudder to know how many abortions I actually have had. But I, you know, did that. And I think the weeing on the stick to see when you're ovulating is a really good way of not having to have unnecessary sex if you don't really enjoy it. Yeah, remember it those in little ovulation checkers? I had like a little... Yeah, I remember when you were trying for your second baby, actually, and, and you did a pregnancy test when we were on a holiday, but it was negative. So you were like, drink on, play on, girlfriend. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> actually, do you know what? I actually would have had a third, and I actually hoped that my second was twins because I was like, I hate being pregnant. I don't love it. So if I can just nail two in one go, that would be cool. But then she was such a difficult baby that I was like, no, 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 no. 
Yeah, and I had twins and I can tell you right now that it's there's a reason the human body doesn't naturally do that. It's just tricky. It's tricky falling in love with two kids at one point. Do you know what else is tricky about twins is that I feel like I can really reason with my other kids, whereas when they've done something wrong, the twins are always just blaming each other and they're never on their own. So you know how you can really reason with a kid on their own? It's the difference, to me, it's the difference of when you're trying to reason and talk to a whole class or you're holding a whole class accountable for their actions as opposed to one kid. (laughs) When you're holding one kid accountable, they will go, I'm so sorry, mum. I'll do better. When you talk to the twins, because you never know which one did it because they're always together, they just blame the other one and they never take anything personally and they just, they're just hard, okay? Like not um, accountable. Not accountable at all. Uh, always just being able to like shimmy the blame onto someone else. I think I need they need to spend less time together, but that's another that's a whole nother podcast. That is a, you, it's a whole nother podcast, like multiples and twins. It is, yeah. Next question. My next question for you is, did you marry your best friend? yeah well yeah yeah but then I just hate that phrase yeah yeah it's tragic so what makes him so much better than me (laughs) is he more fun Uh, no no not always but he is like he's the person that I I hang out with the most I'd call him if I needed you know to be picked up from somewhere there was like a, a crisis or emergency he actually is beautiful. You know, when heaven. first time I met James, because before James, Claudia had, you know, been seeing some people on dating apps and stuff. <laughs> and and you actually, as a friend, you only really hear about the crap ones. Like you get sent like screenshots of hideous things that they say and you all laugh and bitch. But then when your friend's happy, you don't like, you know, they're off, they're gone. You just don't see them for a little while. That's true, yeah. Yeah. And so I met him at your wedding. But we actually knew each other for a lot longer. And then when we started officially dating, after that, we sort of got married relatively quickly. Like it was within a year. Not mm. when it was like nine months or something. Because we didn't want well, to. We're like, well, why wait? Let's just pick that date and get married. Absolutely. Like, why wait? I completely agree. I married Denim within a year of meeting him, less. What I thought when I got to the wedding was I just burst into tears. I thought it was the most beautiful wedding because the way he talked about you, it was he held you up and you can really tell the difference between a man who wants to like own a woman and control the boundaries of her and a man who wants to really push her up and show her off and watch her be great. And he loved everything about you that we all loved in the audience and it was real it was so beautiful. And then he came over to introduce himself and he said to me, Con, I've never met you before. I'm James, obviously, but I just want to tell you that you and my wife have the exact same laugh. And me and Claudia were like, ha, 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 What are you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah, she kind of did get that happily ever after. So, Claudia, honestly, if you've gone and married your best friend and, and you've got your happily ever after and everything's perfect, <laughs> how, often, how often do you guys fuck? <laughs> I thought that question would be coming next. <laughs> Uh, but my kids want to listen to this. Oh, we know we have a very healthy sex life. No complaints. They're probably like, I don't know, a few times a week on average, but, you know, sometimes it's every night. Sometimes it's been a shit mm. week. Mm. Mm. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Mm. Yeah. So do you ever find yourself like pretending to have a headache or not? You quite enjoy it every night? No, I just admit that I don't want to do it. But we always had like quite a, I don't know, you know, I think some people are just sexually compatible. When you've got that there, it usually stays and it's quite helpful. Like if you're having an argument or having a rough patch, you've always got that there. Do you find that he's like, yeah, I totally agree, by the way, that that intimacy is the glue, as Esther Perel says. Yeah. And that's probably the only reason I'm keeping Denim around, if I'm completely honest. It's very important. It's Mm. very important. And when you're, you know, dating or looking to find a mate or anything, you can't force that if it's not there. Oh, totally. Do you find that he's, is he inquisitive in bed? Like yeah. when oh, you guys yeah. first got together, was he very much like, do you like this or do you like this? Or, yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, great. Because I think when you're younger, you think a good root is a guy that just knows what to do. But as you get older, you realise a good root someone who wants to find out because every yeah. woman's so different, aren't mm-hmm. they? Mm-hmm. So any man can be a good root. That's pretty much the mes- message of the episode, boys, if any boys are listening. You can all be a good root. All you need to do is ask how to be one because every girl's so different. So true. Yeah, Denz was always like that with me. He was always like, show me how you do it. And I was like, stop it. So, okay. <laughs> and I think that there was, that was the foundation to grow from. Yeah. Not that the sex was ever bad, but, like, it's great to know that the sex is always going to be evolving. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever fantasised over fucking a friend's partner apart from denim? And <laughs> <laughs> if so, who? <laughs> I don't think I have, honestly. Well, not maybe when I was younger, but I can't specifically think of someone. But when you know your friends and you hear stories about their partners, they become mm. not attractive, but you just can't see them in that light because you know everything that's wrong with them. Oh, that's so true. I'm like, oh, my God, he's so hot, Dens. They're so lucky. I bet they talk all the time. And then... You know, two months later, I'm like, Ugh, how do we get rid of him? He's so rank. Exactly. And they become almost like, you know, when you hear about people that have affairs with their friends' husbands, mm. I always just think, how the fuck did you open that door anyway? Like, aren't your friends' husbands or partners introduced to you like a cousin or brother? Or like, you know, you often hear about people like say if so- someone dies or, you know, two people die, and then their partners like hook up and I'm like, hey, was there something there? before or did they find comfort in the grave like yeah that is really weird but I also don't want to judge because I've never been through it and it's just interesting like it is it's really interesting I'll tell you what though an interesting fact it's on binge it's Brene Brown and it is called Atlas of the Heart and she unpicks every emotion and she really tries to give people more of a language about emotions because when you ask people how many emotions they are, they'll say four or five or three or whatever, whereas there's like 50 and we're not, you know, using them and it's really important to get that language around them so that we can express ourselves better and articulate ourselves. But one thing that she said that was really fascinating was that envy is a less aggressive word than jealousy. So if I was to say to you, I'm so jealous of your beautiful house, then that's actually, jealousy is actually a mean word. Like I would like to take that off you. What's so good about you that you get to have that? Whereas envy is the one that we usually use as jealousy. So we get it, we get it mixed up. I'm envious sounds a lot. Sounds darker, sounds deeper, but in reality you can be envious of somebody that you still really are happy for and you really want them to keep. So I could be envious of your – so where Mm. where I was going with this is that 
there was a bit of envy when I met James because I was so happy for you and I wanted you to have this guy and I would never dream of taking him. But I was like on the drive home saying to Denim, did you see how much he talked? He talked so much. <laughs> and you see how interesting he was? Like he knew all about the space stations and all this. He's a psychness. Like he's so clever. And Denz is just like, he's used to me falling in love everywhere I go. So he's just like. Here she yeah, goes again. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I still to this day haven't like, you know, found him disgusting because you've told me all these horrible things about him. So I am genu- genuinely envious and happy for you. Well, I when you were just, just telling me about that show, I thought, Oh, James would love to watch that. We should watch add that to our list. And I was like, no, because then we'd have to talk about too many emotions. See, I would love that. No, but sometimes you don't want to. No, I could talk about that forever. Mm. Just send him down to me. <laughs> That's what I'll do. I just need to have Denzi to root and James to hang out with. Perfect. Well, people do say, you know, you've got to look for things in different areas, you know, like you can't get everything from your partner. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. And I think that's where we go wrong with our relationships because – we think that they're going to give us everything. One person, not. yeah. Yeah, they're not. That's exactly right. That's why I live in a commune. Yep. Well, I'm in a, I'm in a fucking wagon at the moment. But. <laughs> <laughs> Love that wagon. It's very cold in there. It is very cold. I'm very, it's, a, it's really fucking uncomfortable, to be honest. But, you know, I look chic. That's all that matters. It's beautiful. My final question for you, Claudia, and this is potentially why I wanted to do this podcast with you because I know that you love a deep dive. What's the last deep dive that you've done of a media story? Uh, What's currently happening? It's the Kathleen Folbig um, case. She just got pardoned and released from, and it was all quite sudden, you know, like there was a lot about it on the media and then it just happened. Apparently she wasn't even given that much notice as to when she was leaving, but and, and I've still got some more deep diving to do, so we'll have to touch base in a couple of days about that. But it's fascinating. Do you believe the science? For anyone that doesn't understand this story, it's all over the media, Kathleen Volbig was like Australia's biggest mum killer. She had killed, they said, and been um, – Four babies. Four of her babies, and she's been in prison for the last 20 years, and it was all based on diaries that she left. And the diaries were, you know, a lot of self-blame in this talk, which I think is um, extremely common for women to blame themselves for everything. And she's done 20 fucking years, man, for killing these kids. And anyway, the science has now proven that they had conditions, congenital, what's the word, conditions, their causes of death were most likely natural. So she's now been released from prison, but the catch is her ex-husband thinks she did it and he's on this fucking rampage trying to get her put back in jail. I mean, Claude, if your ex-husband could put you in jail, do you think he would? 100%. Mine too. <laughs> and I, I, <laughs> They're really not the heartbeat. most qualified. They're not the most qualified people to say whether or not we're guilty of something. And I dare say a large majority of this country's ex-husbands would love to put their ex-wives in jail. There's a lot, so I need to do a lot more deep diving. I find, yeah, diary entries, I'm sure that I have said and written a lot of things that could have put me in jail about, you know, being over my children and things like that. Totally, or text messages like, get get me out of here. away from me. (laughs) I had a 
friend messaged me after having a newborn and she was like, I just think he's a fucking asshole. And I was like, babe, you, I know, but you can't say that because once I called the hotline, Nagala, do you remember that? The hotline of getting your babies to sleep. And I was like, you know, come 2 a.m. And then she just won't sleep. Like she just doesn't want to. She's just being really weird and I don't know why she's doing it. Okay. And the lady goes to me, Constance, can I ask you, do you think she's doing this on purpose? She was on loudspeaker. My mum was there. My mum's looking at me, shaking her head, saying, say no. Say no. You'll have fucking DCP. Come and take her away. (laughs) Be careful, ladies. Okay, and that sums up my questions. I hope you feel like you know Claudia really well now, everybody. Mm. Right, my turn. Who is your ultimate podcast guest? And they have to be alive. I'm going to say Madonna because, mm. you know, I've always loved her. I just iconic. love her. Iconic. She's so iconic and I just love that she has so many jabs in her face now and literally doesn't care. And everybody says all this stuff like they've always said about her, but she just does not give one single fuck. She lives in her weird mansion and she has like 500 kids that she's adopted and four of them or something are like suing her like. She just keeps on keeping on that woman. She does, and she just continuously does not give a fuck. Oh, and I also think that she... She'd have some great, great stories to tell. Yep. I think she's one of the best performers as well. Like, I love her performance so much. She goes next level, so I'd love to. And, like, you know, the plastic surgery aside... She's so fit. Like her body is mm. insane. She's my mum's age. Like she's just exactly the same age as my mum. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to put my mum in one of her corsets and see what she, what she looks like. <laughs> <laughs> mum, if you're listening, <laughs> I've got a little activity for us today. <laughs> oh, sounds great. Next question. Do you have any tattoos? That's just you know. Obviously, though, my first (laughs) tattoo. I was fourteen, and I said to my mum, "Would you get angry if I got a tattoo?" She goes, "No, as long as it was kind of tasteful." And I, oh, thanks, I've got one, and it was on my tit. It was a butterfly, so nineties. And my mum was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" (laughs) I was like, "Why do you pretend to be so cool?" Oh, and and then so fourteen. When was the second one? Straight after. Second one I had, um, so I had this boyfriend um, when I was from the age of 16 to, no, 15 to 17, and we got matching eternity symbols with our star sign symbols. Oh, it's so cliche. I love it. It's the most tragic thing I've ever done. And I had that on my back, and then when I was like 24 or something, I had a big snake cover it. So I just sort of kept going. I've never really been particularly sentimental. I'll tattoo anything. Yeah. We can't go through all of them because we've got no, limited we time. <laughs> who knows you the most? The, like who knows you the most in the world? It would be a toss-up between, I mean, it used to be my sister, but we're not talking at the moment. So it would be a toss-up between my mum and my husband. But, you know, I think I'd have to choose Dens because there's that sort of side of me that my mum doesn't really know. And I just think, like, Dens, I don't know how much of the information Dens retains, but he certainly (laughs) hears everything and I don't hide a single thing from him. Whereas with my mum, I will sort of, you know, she gets angry at me all the time, so hide things. But we are extremely close, Mm. except, yeah, Dens probably knows me that little bit better just because, like, I have to lie to my mum like we all do. Mm. Okay, what is your favourite sexual position? So because my husband's a lazy cunt, he does not go on top and I love it when he does. I would have thought Denim would be like quite a passionate, energetic lovemaker. 
Well, he is. I mean, he's very passionate. Was he before? No, but he's always been lazy, lazy. And I'm lazy too. So we always do this like really embarrassing, like pregnant, big pregnant, you know, I can't get up sort of sex. And that's like on the side. But I find that sex to be good because it gives me, and this is when you stop listening, kids, if you are listening, it gives me the ability, if he's not already, to finger myself while he is rooting me. So this is like lazy. Sex. Yeah, but I also feel like if someone's on top of me or if I'm on top, it's not as easy to get, to, which I don't actually go on top because it hurts, but it's not as easy to get to myself mm-hmm. to make myself orgasm. Mm-hmm. And so, but like the other night we had this crazy sex and Denz was going down on me and then he got up and he jumped on. He's got a good body, Denz. Like even though he's gained like heaps of weight, it's still a dad bod. And yeah, it's and still, he's still toned. Like, yeah, yeah, and he's just, hey, and he's like, what I used to love before the accident is he just had this really hot stand. A hot structure. His back was super straight. His back's now a little bit funny because of it's got metal rods in it. But he still just has a yeah. He I still find him super attractive. So he was going down on me the other night. And then he like jumped up and came and and lay on top of me. And I realized I fucking love it when he does this. He doesn't do it very often. Mm. And I honestly came for the first time in ages without any clitoral stimulation. There you go. Do you know what I mean? Like that's pretty amazing. That's, that's a, amazing. For me that's like, yeah, that's like a jackpot. So, yeah, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> and you do still find him hot. Like he walked in the other day and you're like, that you look hot. You complimented him on something and then you said he looks hot, which is. You know, all he needs to do is shower. Like he set my expectations <laughs> so low. <laughs> I love it. Okay, next question. What kind of elderly person do you hope to be? I see freedom in old age. I was reading a study recently saying that the bitchiness in women comes, well, not bitchiness, I guess it's more of a, it's a stupid study. It was actually quite misogynistic, but it was sort of talking about that catty girl on girl thing that really comes along in your baby making years. And then they find that it comes off as you become. Why does that happen? Well, they think, you know, evolutionary psychologists and whatnot think that it's because we, you know, fight for men. As if <laughs> that we were all fighting to get like a, a dick and balls. It's so not true. But no. anyway, there might be, you know, I think in young young women there can be that territorial thing. But anyway, and this study really did talk about older women and how they don't have that. But their drive for power comes from being looked up to by the other women. So they, and they are, they say that the menopausal women in society are more powerful. And I liked that. I thought that was really cool. So I was like, I want to be a super powerful, bad bitch old woman that still dresses really extra. I want huge sunnies. I want bright red lipstick. And I don't want anyone to tell me that I can't spend their inheritances on whatever the fuck I want to do. And I want to be someone that all the grandkids can come to and talk to about anything. Like I'm with my kids really, but, you know, I've had a couple of aunties like that. You could tell anything to, nothing shocks them. And I want to be that old woman where I'm just like, mate, I've been there. (laughs) So just stay alive and that's where you're going to end up because it's how you are now. If I can stay alive, that's going to be a fucking, that that would be, yeah, (laughs) I'll be proud of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My last question If you could go back in time to either a particular year or an era, when would it be? 
70s, hands down. Although my mum's from the 70s and she did tell me, you've got the 70s wrong. They weren't like that. The 70s was all bad carpet and <laughs> like Brown panelling. Yeah, and I, I know there was that side, but I would have just loved to have been mm. there for the Woodstock and, you know, I just love nakedness. I love flowers in hair. I love bare feet. I love freedom and I love the power of love and, the you know, I love that, that they believed in that and now no one believes in that anymore. I don't feel like there is that same wonder in the air, which I could be wrong because I wasn't there, but I would love to have been there. <laughs> <laughs> love it. That's it for me. All right. That's our questions wrapped up. And looking at the time, that's everything wrapped up for today. We wanted to do today to really let you guys know that what tone you'll be listening to and what tone to expect and that maybe the kids shouldn't, you know, this is probably a good podcast for the way home from school drop-off, not the way to school drop-off. You know, we all have those different potties that we listen to. It's going to be everything. It's here for you. I hope you loved it. And I really hope that you come back and listen to us because we will be having some really incredible guests. And and we'll be chatting away whether anyone's here or not. That's right, exactly. <laughs> you can always DM us with anything you want us to talk about yeah. and or any guests you want us to talk to and we really look forward to having you along. Can't wait. Thanks for listening to another episode of To Be Frank. If you enjoyed this episode and want more, be sure to click follow. And leaving a review helps others find the podcast. Join us next time as we explore more interesting topics and people from all over the world. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.